the world is moving, all the other certification schemes have got something along this line. I mean, how long can we find excuses for not bringing FSC into the current millennia? Welcome to this third day of the special members episodes of Forest for the Future. We're now midway through the FSC International General Assembly 2021, and I thought that this quote from Jens Kanstrup from the ENGO Forest of the World was quite saying for the discussions that we've had today. In today's podcast, like the other days, we will give you a short recap of what happened on the Wednesday of the first ever virtual General Assembly in FSC. We will also give you an overview of what happened inside meetings, which we thought would be relevant for you to know about as well. But let's first hear from our director, Kim Carstensen, what was his highlights of the day. The first thing I would mention is that I think today in the motions discussion about the motion 61 about digital maps, I really saw a clear indication that the process of preparation has worked in the sense that there was a lot of positive reactions to the way the motion had been discussed and then how it had subsequently also been amended. And I thought that was really great to see because we put so much effort into the preparation and the team who worked with it had been working extraordinarily hard. But to see that it has somehow paid off, that members understood and some would then also support the motion. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is they understood the motion and that I thought was really valuable. And let's interrupt Kim there for a second, because there's something I'd like for you to hear. A one minute recap of the discussions had on the motion for climate action today. Or maybe I should say the supportive conversation. I'll let you listen for yourself. You will be hearing voices from all three chambers of FSC. More specifically from Alan Smith, Dia Gristenblad, Sunil Penday and Julia Young. We need to get our act together to deal with climate change. In particular, we would like the board to work with the social chamber to see how this impacts upon the communities around the world. And we're not only talking about climate change mitigation, which is usually carbon sequestration, but we are talking about adaptation as well. Climate change is here and FSC needs to adapt, so we strongly approve of the motion. Seeing the effects that the climate crisis has on forests and forest management all over the world, this emphasis is necessary and also justified. And it will help the whole organization in its recognition of what it contributes to the mitigation of the climate effects. From economic chamber, as uh, one more point, none of the players in, in the domain of climate change uh, mitigation are doing as much work as FSC has done. And in fact, that is something which needs to be emphasized to the stakeholders outside the FSC system. Because most of the time when we are engaging with them, they don't know how much contribution to biodiversity conservation and the climate change mitigation our sustainable forest management systems have done. So I think this is a very important motion and we should take it on a priority basis. Being able to give the mandate to the board to keep pursuing practical action on how we can leverage FSE as a tool in this space, we think is really important. So that's from a WWF perspective also why we are in favour of the motion. So that was a rare case of FSC members from all three chambers with one unified voice. And let's then get back to Kim, because was this a surprise to him? Mm, don't think so. 
Second thing is not surprising at all. It was that there was a lot of support in the membership from all chambers to uh, the motion on climate change, which of course reflects a very clear realization that climate change is something that we need to work on, we have to work on, and we must do more than we are doing at the moment. And this fits with the global strategy. It fits with our plans in the secretariat. So I'm very happy to see that our members think in the same way. The third idea that came to me was from one of the side meetings that we had today where the Indigenous Foundation was engaging in a discussion with members, with Indigenous peoples organizations about what does it mean that Indigenous peoples could be the custodians of forests around the world and how can they do it and what support do they need? I found that discussion really fascinating. We had representatives from the US government, we had representatives from Indigenous peoples, from FSC, from WWF, and I thought it was really inspiring to see this sort of engagement and coming together around the notion of Indigenous peoples must be given a role in defending forests against climate change, biodiversity loss, etc. What I really liked was that it was not only about the protection of Indigenous peoples' rights against against people violating these rights. But it was very much about indigenous people's self-determination and their ability to actually develop their own businesses or at least their own livelihoods and make sure that they could have strong and good futures for themselves. And that I think is a very valuable complement to the protection of rights, which is of course very important. Actually, why don't we give the floor to Louise Philippe from USAID, who himself is also from an indigenous community so that he can explain a bit more in depth what Kim is hinting to here. We need to recognize that indigenous peoples will not achieve their goals or even survive in the future if we collectively do not change the power dynamics at the country level. We have many legal instruments, international and national, but they're not being exercised at the country level. We can take any country that you want and we can see that What's written on paper in the constitutions and the law and international declarations is not being applied at the country level because of the power dynamics in a country. So how do you shift the power dynamics in a country? I believe that it's totally achievable, but we need to elevate our strategic thinking and actions. And we need to begin to think that governments, national governments, and the private sector, the business corporations, need to be seen as our necessary partners for indigenous people's self-determination. I'm speaking as an indigenous person from the Purua Nation of the Andes of Ecuador. When we begin to see that the national governments are not our enemies and the private sector is not our enemy, and we begin to negotiate intelligently with them with a lot of force and a lot of intelligence and the power that gives us the rights that we have as indigenous peoples, then we will begin to see the light of a new strategy. I must say that I agree with Kim that this is a very strong statement that also made an impression on me today. Let's hear what else Kim thought about today. Today, I heard a number of our members advocate a point of view, which was that we need to trust our system. We need to trust when groups of members chamber balanced and having spent a lot of time on discussing an issue, come up with an agreed 
conclusion or an agreed proposal. This was commented about the uh, motion that has been proposed by the Policy and Standards Committee, and it was commented also about other processes that come from these chamber-balanced settings. And I think that is a very important discussion. How do members as a system engage in work where they actually depend on what other members have come up with? And I think that was very thought-provoking that we need to think more about how do we actually trust each other as a system. Linked to the good process around the motion on digital mapping, there's also been a lot of engagement between the Secretariat and different groups of members. There was a side event earlier this week, and it seemed to me that these events had a feeling of trust, at least among some members, that actually we can trust FSE to treat this data in a way so that it'll be safe and treated in a way so that we will not go into absurd situations where we force smallholders out of our system because we demand something of them that cannot happen and will not happen. That level mm -hmm. of trust I found very encouraging as well. So we're definitely moving forward as an organization and has been some really interesting discussions today on both climate change and on transparency and integrity in FSC and how we involve indigenous people. What are we looking forward to tomorrow then? I'm very much looking forward to the discussion about the motion on remote audits. It's something that we've been working on for a couple of years now. Due to COVID, we were forced to do it. We've learned a lot about it. It is a part of the global strategy that we want to move forward in a direction of simplification and digitization of our system. So it fits, and I'm very much looking forward to the discussion about it. We also have a motion about the indicators for the global strategy. This is something that, in a way, we've done that already. We have developed indicators for the global strategy. We've also developed the implementation framework that was launched about a month ago. And I'm very curious to see what the members actually think about what we have launched and whether they still think there is a need for additional indicators or an additional setup around indicators for the global strategy. I don't know what to expect, but I'm curious. There will be ample possibility for the members to express their opinions tomorrow. Absolutely. And do we have any interesting side meetings coming up as well? Always. Every day has its own batch of very exciting side meetings. Tomorrow's going to be a difficult choice, right? There's a side meeting on ASI, so Assurance Services International, and how they work to control and, and assure the credibility of our system. There's a side meeting on community and family forest certification, business on Jujo. That's enormously important for us as an organization. And then there's one on what we call Focus Forest, which is about how can we actually develop our systems to be more relevant for the discussion of protection of the high value forest, whether it's about social value, ecosystem value, or whatever it is. These high conservation value forests are enormously important for us. And how can we get better in terms of being relevant for their protection in the wider landscape, not just in the forest management units? What's exciting about Focus Forest is not only that it looks at solving some big issues we have around intact forest landscapes and how to deal with that, but that it tries new methodologies of how do you engage stakeholders in discussions with each other across all the different interests and finding ways that they can actually agree on what should happen in the landscape. And it has some very exciting modern ideas that involve gamification and, and other stuff. And it, it's a lot of fun. Thank you, Kim. I am looking forward for tomorrow. I'm sure you are too. Absolutely. Before we wrap up today's update, here is an overview of interesting side meetings that also took place today. The topics discussed today were, as Kim mentioned, indigenous-led solutions, remote auditing in FSC, 
What Kim didn't mention was that we also had a site meeting on brand new consumer research insights for FSC. Let's start with the Indigenous-led solutions. In this first site meeting of the day, the FSC Indigenous Foundation wanted to update FSC membership of the partnerships that they're working to build to support Indigenous peoples worldwide. The side meeting brought together Indigenous leaders, donors, multilateral agencies, Indigenous businesses and CSOs. The objective was for each to share their perspectives on the challenges and opportunities related to Indigenous-led solutions, linking Indigenous rights, traditions and values to forest, nature and businesses. Indigenous people and the strong engagement of them is, as Kim mentioned, a key to a successful implementation of the FSC Global Strategy. Indigenous people manage one quarter of the planet and approximately 70% of the global forests. These forests are the ones that hold solutions to some of the critical challenges that we face, including climate change and biodiversity loss, and finding successful methods of building partnerships between Indigenous peoples, donors and businesses will therefore be key. If you're interested in learning more about the work from the Indigenous Foundation and FSC's engagement with Indigenous people, I encourage you to go and find episodes 17 and 21 of this podcast series, because they might be of interest to you. In the second side meeting of the day, we looked into remote auditing. As Kim mentioned, we learned a lot about remote auditing during COVID, because FSC was forced to adjust the way audits are conducted and allow remote auditing for the first time. This has provided a wealth of new insight into how FSC might look to incorporate remote auditing as a permanent solution in the FSC normative framework. Amongst the most important learnings presented at the meeting today were that remote audits are a relevant additional auditing technique that could be added, but should only be done so very carefully. It can be complementary to on-site audits, but it will not fully replace on-site audits. FSC has allowed remote audits only under certain conditions and based on a risk assessment. So a risk approach could also be a new way of managing audits in the future. The topic of remote auditing as a permanent tool in FSC is also up for debate in tomorrow's session as it is the center of Motion 57. In episode 28 of this podcast series, I interviewed the motion proposer, Melissa Graham from SGS, on the idea and heard the point of view from another member not so convinced about a permanent remote auditing option. If you're interested in listening to that debate, please find episode 28 in the feed. It was released just last week, so it's still fresh off the press. In the last session of the day, we dive deep into consumer awareness and the recognition of the FSC brand. In the session, results from a brand new study from Globescan commissioned by FSC was revealed. The study surveyed 12,000 consumers across 15 countries worldwide. Amongst other important conclusions, the survey showed that consumers are increasingly concerned about sustainability issues, climate change and biodiversity loss. Globally, consumers listed climate change as their second most important worry. Understandably, disease and health issues ranked first in the research, and even more important in the context of FSC, the topmost concern amongst forest issues for consumers is the impact of deforestation on climate and biodiversity. For consumers, 
The climate change and biodiversity crises are strongly associated with forests and are key drivers for purchase of forest products. One of the main conclusions of the survey was as a result that forests are a key connection point with sustainability for consumers. To expand on that a bit, consumers now regard climate change and biodiversity loss as top two drivers for purchase of paper-based products, and they find sustainability important enough to even place that higher than quality and price. But how does consumers then know what to buy? Luckily, FSC represents the solution and more than half of the global consumers recall seeing the FSC logo and seven in 10 shoppers, 69%, say that the FSC label motivates them to buy a product. This makes FSC the most recognized forest certification label globally. This is important because consumers are paying more and more attention to trusted certification schemes as a guide for more sustainable choices. Over seven in 10, 76% believe that sustainability information on products should be certified by a credible independent organization. Compared against the 2017 report, this figure rose in all track markets, growing most notably in Canada, India, Italy, UK and the United States. Even more important perhaps, 54% of consumers express high levels of trust in FSC's role to protect forests. This makes FSC the most trusted to protect forests above all other actors, including other certification schemes, NGOs, governments, and companies and brands. And if that isn't a nice place to end an update of what happened today, I don't know what is. If you are interested in diving deeper into any of these three side meetings, you will find links to them directly on ga.fsc.org. Or, if you are a registered participant of the General Assembly, you will find links in the email digest that is emailed to you daily and should have already landed in your inbox. That's all we had for you today. We will return tomorrow with a digest of day four. Until then, I hope you stay safe and that we will see you live in tomorrow's sessions. I am Lua Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.